I said, God is good all the time. Praise the name of the Lord. So without any further ado, Sister Gray, Brother Gray, would you come up here for a moment? Hallelujah. How long have y'all been married? Awesome. Praise the Lord. Well, uh, Sister Sue Cronenberger, our uh, ladies' ministries director, uh, is not here to make a presentation. But I'm going to have my wife come, Sister Sue. I, yeah, you told me, right? That's, I might, I might do it. Hey, you told me. <laughs> Sister Sue asked you to do that. I said, I'm, I'm just giving it on to you. All right, here you <laughs> Well, on behalf of the ladies' ministries of the Apostolic Church, we'd like to present this linen shower for you. Hopefully it'll bring you blessings for years to come. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Apostolic Church. Amen. For being such a blessing to our family. That means so much. Thank you, Brother Sabochi, for... Uh, rearranging and allowing us to be here this evening and for also making your uh, evangelist quarters available to us. Um, God is good. you know it? Amen. And all the time, God is good. Amen. That's one of the things that we used to do in Africa. We, I would say, God is good, and they would come back. And all the time, amen, amen. And uh, I'm just so thankful for the blessings of God, amen. And uh, the Metro East is kind of special to my wife and I. My wife and I actually met at Southern Illinois University, Edwardsville. And uh, so this part of the country holds a special part in our heart. Amen. Uh, I met her as a young 18-year-old beautiful young lady. She's still beautiful. <laughs> and uh, God saw it fit to put our lives together, and we started a family. And uh, you just never know where God's going to take you. Amen. My wife was called to missions when she was a young lady. Uh, attending um, the Pentecostal Church in Verdon, Illinois. Um, Brother McGee was, uh, y'all can be seated. Um, Brother McGee is still the pastor there. And um, we got married, started a life, had careers, and uh, God saw fit to send us to Botswana. We served in Botswana for two and a half years. And... Um, now we're going to Zambia, a place that my wife dreamed of as a young lady, that, that she would go and serve. And so God is a God of promises. He brings things together. And uh, I appreciate her. I appreciate her ministry. She's also a licensed minister. Um, she holds her local license currently and in the process of going through the classes to become generally licensed 
And uh, I love her. I love, I trust her ministry. I trust her walk with God, and I just appreciate her tonight. We have a video we're going to start off with after we finish, after the video finishes. Uh, my wife will come up. Uh, she's going to minister in song. Who knows what else, whatever God's laid upon her heart. And uh, she'll, she'll um, do her thing. Patrick will come up and sing with her. And uh, after they are finished, um, we'll bring Noah up, and he's got a word of exhortation. And then I'll minister after he is finished. So that's where we're going from here. Amen. We are the Gray family, newly appointed missionaries to Zambia, Africa. We have previously been serving in the neighboring country of Botswana. Bradley worked as with the national minister doing various things such as visitor follow-ups, Bible studies, new converts classes, ministering in the kotlas or community centers, and assisting with funerals. While Bradley worked with Brother Chuma, I taught a fourth grade class at a Christian school. I baptized two of my students and taught my whole class Acts 238 Salvation. We also helped start a daughter work in 2020. We taught Sunday school and trained new teachers, worked with the youth, we helped preach and teach Bible studies, and helped with music and evangelism. After COVID restrictions lifted, we were able to travel and minister in churches throughout the country. This past year, Bradley has been working with the Botswana Apostolic Bible Institute online, helping facilitate and teach classes. In January 2022, we started a new church in our yard in Palapie, Botswana. As a result of numerous Bible studies, many new converts classes, and evangelism efforts, we baptized 40 in the name of Jesus Christ, and we had 20 receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. By the end of the year, we were averaging 60 each Sunday. We are now so excited to go to Zambia. It is a beautiful country with a large focus on tourism due to its many rivers and lakes. Victoria Falls is more than a mile long and is one of the seven natural wonders of the world. It is amazing to be there in person to see it. The African fish eagle is the national bird, symbolizing freedom and how the country has risen above adversity. Zambia is host to all the typical African animals, which are always amazing to see. Zambia has a population of 19.6 million people with over 72 different ethnic groups. There are five major languages spoken with many different dialects. The red in the Zambian flag represents the struggle for freedom. Black represents their national people. Orange is the color for the country's mineral wealth and green is for their natural resources. In August 2022, we attended a sub-regional conference in Lusaka, traveling across the country by a bus similar to the one pictured. Public transportation is very important because of the very low economic level. As a result, streets and sidewalks are filled with pedestrians. You will also find Tuntemba, or vendor booths, where they sell anything you can imagine. You will also find a lot of motorcycles, and many, many bicycles flooding the streets and sidewalks. Agriculture is very important to the economy. 
Things such as straw are used in many ways, including thatched roofing and fencing. We have always done ministry as a family. Zachary leads us in music on the keyboard, Patrick plays drums and sings, Noah testifies and teaches Sunday school using an interpreter. In April, the youth conference hosted over a thousand young people. Bradley preached one of the Saturday sessions. In the conference, 42 young people received the Holy Ghost. It was great to see the Zambian youth pouring themselves out to God. That weekend, Bradley and I both ministered at one of the churches. Six received the Holy Ghost, and one was baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins. We thank our Savior and our Redeemer. The Zambian UPC is very strong, but with such a large population, there is still much to be done. Training is vital to further the gospel. We will be working at the Word of Flame Bible School in Lusaka to see more men and women prepared to go out and share the gospel. Children's ministry is also vital. We will be facilitating children's crusades and teacher training. This world wants our children. We have to want them more. There's also a great need to bring the kingdom from the cities into the rural areas. We will be helping strategize and implement making this happen. From the metropolis to the small town in the U.S. and from the city to the village in Zambia, everyone must be reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We also have a passion to reach the unreached people groups. There are 35,000 Indians and 80,000 Chinese in Zambia alone. We must reach them with the whole gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you for partnering with us as we endeavor to bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Amadima Albakwe, praise the Lord. That is the language in Botswana. Um, so I will be endeavoring to learn a new language. Uh, one of the five major languages spoken in Zambia called Bemba or Chibemba. And so um, I wanted to encourage you tonight. I was listening to the prayer requests this evening and just wanted to give a couple things that had happened to us uh, while we were here in um, in Botswana this past, just this year, actually. Um, we did a lot of work with the young people, and uh, one of the one of the young ladies had a grandmother that she lived with, and um, the grandmother was diagnosed with stage four. Um, uterus cancer, and um, she had not been attending our church. She just sent the kids, you know, how it goes, and, but when she became sick, what do people do? They turn to God, and so um, w we were invited to the home to go and pray for the grandmother, and uh, we just went, and we just shared a little bit with her, and we just prayed a simple prayer nothing major, but she came back after she had been to the doctor, and uh, the first report that she had received, she was in stage four cancer. It had metastasized to the liver and to her kidneys and also to the lungs, and she went uh, back and had another scan. They were trying to decide treatment for her, and the cancer 
was no longer anywhere but in her uterus. And it had went from a stage four to a stage two. Yeah. Amen. And so, so she was due to have a hysterectomy, and the cancer is gone. And we're winning that whole family to Jesus because we know that he is our healer, and now they know that he is their healer. Amen. Amen. And then um, you were mentioning some young men with back trouble. And um, I've had back surgery, but I have not had serious back pain or trouble for years. And we were set to go visit Zambia. And uh, right before we were to leave and come back to the U.S. this year, and right before we were to go to Zambia, I developed um, severe back pain. I had leaned over to reach for something, and it just twinged something in my back. And um, I could barely stand up. And I was like, I don't know how, how we're going to make this trip. It was a two-day trip by car. And then um, going to the conferences and the churches and everything that we're doing. And then another two-day trip back. And then we had one day home. And then we were flying out to the U.S. We were trying to pack and all these things. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do it. We ended up finding a back brace for me, and here I am at a youth conference walking around like an old lady. It's it's humbling. (laughs) And I was like, God, as soon as we get back to the U.S., we're starting deputation immediately. God, I need healing. I need healing. I need healing. And you said sometimes it's an attack. And I really believe that it was an attack. Satan was trying to keep us from visiting Zambia as a family. Because he succeeded last year. We were supposed to all go to Zambia as a family. Patrick broke his leg, so dad had to fly to the U.S. and take care of that. So we weren't able to go to Zambia as a family. (laughs) And so I really believe that it was an attack from Satan. Because when I hurt my back, um, it was on a Saturday morning. And I spent... We spent Saturdays teaching Bible studies and new converts classes. We would start at 10 a.m., and we would go sometimes till 7, 8 o'clock at night, nonstop teaching Bible studies, sometimes singles, sometimes groups of people, but all day long, nonstop. And he was gone, and so it was just me that was needing to do these Bible studies. And right, I mean, minutes before I was starting the first Bible study was when I hurt my back, and then two days later, we were supposed to go to Zambia. And, or I think it was a week later. A week later, we were due to go to Zambia. And I believe it was an attack. And so we came back home. I was still, back, came back home to the U.S. We were still trying, to, we had a week to get ready for deputation. And I was still in so much pain. But the week that we started deputation, the pain just gradually started going. Because Satan knew that he wasn't going to stop us. If you, can, if you can let the devil know, there's nothing you can do to me. I'm going to stand and I'm going to work for the Lord. That's what's going to stop Satan, is knowing that you're, no matter what, you are not stopping reaching the lost. You are not stopping teaching Bible studies. You might be worn out from VBS, but you're making it to Monday night prayer. That's what's going to put a black eye on the enemy. Amen. Patrick, you want to come and join me? Amen. So I just wanted to encourage you, if they're watching online, if you guys do that, you guys with the back pain, 
just punch the devil in the eye. Just punch him in the eye. Amen. Um, we are going to sing a song in uh, the Setswana language. Um, but the song just simply says, reign, Jesus, reign. And no matter what, that's what I want God to be in my life. I want him to be king of all, Lord of all. Amen. Worship with us as we sing.
Hallelujah. Can you give him some praise tonight? Oh, you're worthy, Jesus. You are my King of kings. You're my Lord of lords. You're the King of Judah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. You're so awesome, God. God is so good. I felt his presence so strongly in the room today. Now, who has ever gotten bit by a lion? No one? Well, I have. I was at a lion park, and we went to pet baby lions. And I was walking by a tree, and right as when I got in front of that tree, what I didn't realize was there was a lion right behind it. So right as when I got in front of it, he latched onto my arm. And as soon as he latched onto my arm, I just go, what am I going to do? Like, <laughs> um, two seconds ago, I don't think he was there. Um, so I didn't say that out loud, but that's what was going through my mind. So I immediately start running. And um, he was the lion dragging on my uh, from my arm. And then about a minute later, the staff managed to ma to manage to get the lion off of my arm. And I went to the n nurse's office and got it um, put a band they put a bandaid on it and it was everything was fine. But I do have a point for this, so please bear with me. I'm taking. Uh, I'm taking my text from 1 Peter 5.8. So um, I didn't give all the details to that story, so if you want me to tell more details, I will be in the back after service. <laughs> First Peter 5.8. Be sober, be uh, vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, is as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. My title is God Your Soul. When you hear about the word lion, you think about the king of the jungle. The word lion, when you hear it, you don't think about the devil. You think about animals. You see in the movies how the lion waits in the grass until that perfect moment. Poor Bugs Bunny. We need a wall. You see, at Jericho, the Israelites saw the wall and they were thinking, how are we going to get over that? And when the, jail, uh, the people in Jericho, when they saw the Israelites, they knew the God. So they it shut the gates. They put all the guards on the walls. And when 
you put up that uh, wall, when you put up that gate, the enemy can't get in. But you may be like, Noah, what's the, uh, what is the walls? What is the God? It's uh, God. It's a consistent prayer life. See, when we get into that groove, when we get that consistent prayer life, uh, we get all walls bigger. And when we get all walls bigger and thicker and we come to a wall in our uh, life uh, with Christ, when we get uh, to that wall, once we get right over that, there's the blessing that when they managed to knock that, when God knocked down the wall, they got the blessing. I'm getting off my notes. See, when we shut our gates, the lion can't get in. But the lion only can get in when we let him. When we put our guard down, when we uh, stop uh, um, leading all uh, and praying, pleading and praying, uh, lead and pray, uh, I can't talk today. Uh, when we uh, stop our consistent uh, prayer life, that uh, door starts to open. The thoughts of the enemy starts to get in. And once that door opens, the devil will stop, step, step right in. And that's when he starts to attack. So I challenge every single one of you to make a consistent prayer life. But make a time and a place to pray. And if you're like... Noah, but I can't play without uh, um, a song. I can't play without music. Make, and then you may be in those situations that um, you have limited time. Make albums or uh, um, song mixes, uh, playlists, that's the word. Get make those and for a certain time that you have. So again, I'm getting off my notes. So thank you and God bless. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Good job, Noah. Amen. He had an attention getter. He had all your guys' attention. <laughs> and that story is real. <laughs> he has the scars to prove it. <laughs> but uh, God is good, isn't he? Amen. Amen. I want to turn your attentions to Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 here this evening. <clears throat> Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. 
Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. Amen. I want to preach to you for a short period of time here this evening. The Bible is a book of action. Go. The Bible is a book of action. Go. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you, God. You are so great and so awesome, Lord. God, I thank you for this church. I thank you for the wonderful leadership that is here, God. I thank you for the presence that dwells in this place, God. Lord, I thank you, God, for people that are hungry, Lord, to share your word, God, and that are wanting to reach out, Lord, to their community, God, and to each and every one, Lord, to show them your love and your kindness, God. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would bless them tonight, God. Lord, I pray, God, that you would give them strength. I pray, God, that you would give them wisdom. God, I pray, Lord, that you would go before them, that you would prepare their path, oh God. Move in a mighty way, oh God. I pray, Lord, that you would just let God. Lord, we love Lord, I pray, God, that you'd anoint my lips of clay, my heart, my mind, Lord. God, to deliver your word, I give you praise, glory, and honor tonight. For you are so awesome. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name, you all may be seated. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Even from the beginning, the Bible starts with action. Genesis 1 and 1, in the beginning, God created. created. Creation or creating something is an action. Creation is an act or create is an action verb. It means to bring something into existence, cause something to happen as a result of one's actions. When you're creating something, you're making something. It takes effort to create something. An artist, um, for an artist to create a masterpiece, there has to be some type of action taken. Whether it's a painting that, that someone uh, uh, draws and, and paints a beautiful painting or a sculptor that takes something like stone, like granite or or metal or whatever the case may be and they they pound that thing down they 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 make the proper cuts and the and and put things together it takes action it doesn't just happen and so god created he made he spoke uh, the worlds into existence. He spoke and, and there was light. He spoke and, and the world uh, was formed. He spoke and the, the earth was separated from the waters. He spoke and animals came into existence. He spoke and plants came into existence. It was action. It was something taking place. And then God forms man out of the dust of the earth. And he breathes into his nostrils the breath of life. But if you notice, if you look at that account in Scripture, you find where God doesn't just create man and say, this is good, this is nice. 
and just tells him, ah, go have a leisurely life and go have fun and turn around and walk away. That is not what God did. If you look at Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, it says, And the Lord God took man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. He gave him a job to do. He didn't just plant him in the garden. He just didn't put him in this beautiful place and tell, you, tell him, Hey, you've got it made. Hey, you, the rest of your life is going to be um, uh, just fantastic. You, you don't have to do a thing. You just sit here. But that's not what God did. He gave him a task. He gave man a job to do. And then... Not only did he do that, but if you go down to verse 20, you find out that Adam even names everything. Here he is given this task. He, these critters are coming to him or plants or whatever it was, and he's given the job to name them, to give them a title, to, to say what they are. You know, nowadays we have Google and we have Siri, and we have Alexa. And if we don't know what something is, we can figure it out. We can type it into the, into the search engine. We can uh, um, speak it, and it will tell us, or whatever the case may be. We're, we're a spoiled and sometimes a, a, a stupid people because we don't keep anything up here. It's too easy just to type it into a search engine and to, and to hear it, or it's too easy to go into the phone and and look and and see instead of remembering up here but adam didn't have that luxury he didn't have that thing you know there's even apps nowadays that you can load those apps into your phone and you can take a picture of a leaf and it will identify the plant you know back in the day when i'll date myself back in the day when I was in earth science you didn't have an app you had a book with pictures in it <laughs> and you went and you compared the leaves in the book and then you tried to figure out what plant it was but he was given a job Adam was given something to do then we look in Genesis chapter 6, and we find the, the account of Noah. God was looking at the earth. He is looking at the things that he had created. He was looking at man, and he finally gets to the point. He's so fed up with man, he repents that he even made man, and he decides that it's time to destroy what he had created. And so he finds Noah, one of the most awesome verses in Scripture was Noah found grace. There was something about Noah. There was something different about Noah. Of all the people that were upon the earth, the Bible doesn't tell us how many people were on the earth at that time, but of every human soul, that was on the face of the earth, yet there was something different about Noah, and he found grace 
in the eyes of God. He found favor in the eyes of God. And God tells him to go and do a task. He tells him to go and build a boat. Something very crazy, something that uh, would not probably been normally done. I doubt if you found very many shipyards in the day of Noah. But yet, God told him to do something. And out of faith, Noah began to do something because he was told. Then you get to Hebrews chapter 11. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7, it says, By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, preparing an ark to the saving of his house, by which he condemned the world and became heir of righteousness, which is by faith. Because of his action, because he decided to do what God called him to do, he became part of the hall of faith. He became part of the 11th chapter of Hebrews. Him and Abraham and there's a whole list of others that because of their faith, because they took action, because they didn't question, because when God called them, they stepped out to do what God called them to do. They ended up in a special chapter in the book of Hebrews that was saying, looking back, looking back over history, looking back at a time and saying, you know what? They didn't know where they were going. Abraham didn't have GPS. God didn't even give Abraham a final destination. He just said, go and I'll show you. And everywhere you go, every place that your feet trod, I'm going to give it to you. Now get up and get moving. You know, in our lives, in our walk with God, a lot of times we want definite answers. We want definite direction. We want to know where we're going. We want to know how we're going to get there. And we want to know the time frame. You know, one of, one of, the, one of the, the features of GPS, if you're using GPS for a destination, is an estimated arrival time. You know, you pull it up on GPS and part of the planning is, what is the estimated arrival time? What time do I need to leave to be able to get to that place by the time that I'm supposed to be there or I want to be there? And that's how we operate in today's world. We have driven almost 9,000 miles in the last two months. I'm almost ready for another oil change. This will be the third one I put on this vehicle since we started driving it. And so we've done a lot of traveling. We've seen a lot of windshield time. And we look at the Jeep, or I look at the GPS a lot because I'm driving down the road. And we're, our, our trip is planned by that time, by that time that it takes to get to where we're going. But that's not how God operates. God operates on his own time. 
He's not giving us a specific time. He's not telling us that we're going to be here at such and such a time at, uh, and that this, this particular uh, season. He doesn't always give us that. So we have to walk by faith. Our whole story that has started in missions has been a walk by faith. It has been stepping out when God has asked us to step out. And it's been taking, taking directions that we didn't always know where we were going. We didn't always know how we were going to get there. But it was just saying, okay, God, we know you put this thing in motion. We know that we're headed in the direction that you're wanting us to go. We're just trusting that you give us the resources that we need to get to where we're going it's trusting God by faith it's having a journey by faith you know my my wife she was called to missions when she was a young lady when she was a teenager and God laid up laid it up on her heart and so circumstances happened we met and we started a life together. We, she went into nursing. Um, she's a registered nurse um, throughout uh, our marriage. Different things happened. And I ended up going back to school about um, 10 years ago, roughly. And uh, I got my PTA degree, um, physical therapist assistant degree and. I'm now a licensed physical uh, therapist in the state of Missouri. And, you know, we thought we had things figured out. And she had basically given up on, on her calling or on her dream to go to Africa as a missionary. But in 2018, in May of 2018, the Longs, uh, Brother Michael and Sister Lisa Long, they are now um, uh, career missionaries, uh, they're over the country of Zimbabwe, and they live in Botswana and serve Botswana because of the, the political situation. They're not able to live in Zimbabwe. And so they come and uh, to the church that we attend, uh, West Point United Pentecostal Church in Donovan, Missouri. And at the end of the service, they had a table, much like the one that we have sitting back there. And... The com he made the comment that he was looking for a young lady to come for about five weeks. Long story short, my wife asked me if she could go. I told her that if God provided the way, I was not going to tell her no. We had just paid our house off like two months before. We didn't really have any debts to speak of. It was God's timing. It was the perfect timing for where we were in life. And so... Um, we ended up going as a family. The decision was made. The, the, the situation that she was going to go under changed, and so we went as a family. We went for five weeks in 2018. Mind you, we both came from a small town. We came from poor families. We had never traveled outside of the United States. We had to get passports. We had no clue when it came to international travel. Absolutely none. Zero. Zip. Zilch. And God allowed us to raise $11,000 in two and a half months so that we could go. 
that is God. And so that was our first trip. We, let, we enjoyed it. We had a good time. We got finished, and we looked at each other and thought, that was fun. Now I wonder what God has in store for us next. We were home for three weeks. My wife, um, we both grew up here in the Illinois district, and my wife was invited to go to the Illinois district ladies' retreat, uh, retreat um, in 2018. Sister Sarah McKee was, Shara McKee was one of the uh, main speakers that year. And through that process, when she was gone, Brother Long called her and said, you know, the, the church administration here in Botswana were, were impressed with what you all did while you were here and asked us if we would prayerfully consider coming back and spending a year in, as AIM workers in Botswana. So... We went and talked to her. Through this whole process, we were talking to our pastor. We were getting godly counsel. We didn't just go off and do it on our own. And so we went to our pastor and, and asked him, you know, what his advice was. And he said, fill out the application, you know, see where God takes it. So we filled out the application. We found out that we were accepted um, at the end of, of 2018, beginning of 2019, we started raising our funds. We raised our, our AIM budget in nine months, planned for three months to get everything ready to go, and we left. We flew out of O'Hare International Airport in Chicago on um, the 30th of December of 2019. We got to spend Christmas Eve in Paris, France. We had a 15-hour layover. <laughs> and so we, we spent Christmas or New Year's Eve in Paris, and we landed in Johannesburg on the 1st of January 2020. Spent all of that year through the COVID mess and all that in Botswana. Saying all that to say, now we are fully appointed missionaries to the country of Zambia. And that was one of the countries that, my, that the Lord laid upon my wife's heart when she was called to missions. So, <clears throat> saying all of that, if God has put a calling in your life, don't ever lose sight of that calling because you don't know where God is going to take you. Don't give up on it. I don't care what God has promised you, what God has called you to. Don't give up on it. Don't lay it on a back shelf and say that'll never happen because you don't know how big our God is. You don't know how big our God is. Amen. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills and he doesn't make mistakes. He has called you for a reason. He has called you for a purpose. God has a purpose for your life. Amen. We have all been called to be an ambassadors for Christ. We have all been called to tell people about the love of Jesus Christ. 
every one of his disciples. If you go into Matthew 28, uh, 18 through 20, or you go into Mark uh, chapter 16, verses starting with verse 15, and you go through the end of that chapter, God was calling his disciples to go. He was giving them a commission. He was telling them to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Amen. You may not be called to a foreign mission field. You may never leave the, the, the city of your birth or the place of your birth, but you still have a mission field. Amen. You have, you have co-workers. You have uh, neighbors. You have family members. You have each and every person that you come in contact with. Amen. You have a duty to tell them about the love of Jesus Christ. You have a duty to tell them that, that you serve a God that died for them, not only died for you and gave you hope, but there's a hope for them. Amen. You have a duty for, to, to reach out to the drug, drug addict. You have the, a, a duty to reach out to the lowest of the low or whoever you come in contact with to let them know about the love of Jesus Christ. You may feel like you're called and you're, you're in a place that you, you don't even totally understand exactly what God is going to do with your life yet. Amen. But that doesn't give you an excuse to sit by and do nothing. You should be reaching no matter where you're at in your, in your walk with God or where you are in your calling with God. In, in January of uh, this year, um, we were home. We'd come home for uh, Christmas and Thanksgiving. This first time we'd been home uh, with our families over Thanksgiving and Christmas for about three years. And we had the opportunity to go to Bot. And when we went to Bot, we met with uh, Brother Randy Adams, who is our regional director. And he asked us to prayerfully consider going to a different country to serve. Um, ask us to pray, pray about it and and to uh, seek direction and just be open to that if it, you know if 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 we would please consider it and so we began to pray about it we get, began to seek God we talked to our pastor and let him know what was going on ask him to pray with us and through that process it was a process it wasn't we automatically knew that we were going to Zambia. It was not like that. We had to seek God. And so part of that, Brother Long, um, he's uh, at that age where he's thinking of retirement, and he was wanting us to go to Zimbabwe. And so he asked us if we would travel and, and go to Zimbabwe and uh, spend a little bit of time there. And so... Um, we went and spent a weekend, an extended weekend. And the whole time we were there, my wife would look at me and say, are you feeling anything? No, not really. She goes, me neither. But we were praying about it and just seeing what God had for us. We had an awesome weekend. Uh, we preached in a, in a service and saw a blind man partially receive his sight. Uh, we saw seven receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I mean, just just awesome, awesome experience. But we just weren't feeling it. 
we got up that Sunday morning, and there was a young lady by the name of Alice, and she was working at the at the guest house where we were staying. Brother Long had made arrangements for us to have the whole guest house. And so um, we were getting ready to leave Sunday morning to go to church service. And we were driving off, and Patricia looked at me, and she goes, Alice wanted to go to service with us this morning. She goes, you could just see it in her eyes. She wanted to go with us. I said, well, babe, when we get back, why don't we just offer to give her a Bible study? And so uh, we went to service. We came back, and um, the gate wasn't an automatic gate, so she had to open and close the gate when we came in and out. And so we get back to the, to the guest house. She opens the gate. We drive in. We park. Well, the first things out of her mouth when we got out was, how was church? So my wife begins to share. Well, we saw a man, a blind man come in. He received partial sight, and there were seven people that got the baptism of the Holy Ghost and just had a wonderful service. And then she ended with, you know, Alice, if, if you would like, we could just have a church service here for you if you'd like. And her eyeballs got about this big around. She said, would you do that for me? And my wife says, yeah. She goes, I even know some songs in your language. We'll sing some songs and we'll just have us a little church service. She goes, just give us a few minutes to rest, or a little while to rest. So we went in and um, relaxed for a little while. That evening, Alice and the gardener's wife came. And we sat in our dining room table inside the guest house. We sang some songs in the language, and in, Shona, in the Shona language. And then we started, I started with John chapter 3 about Jesus talking about being born again and began to explain to her what was meant, what Jesus meant by being born of the water and the spirit. And began to go through the, the, the scriptures, took her to Acts chapter 2. And before it was all over with, she was like, I get it. I understand. I need to be baptized in Jesus' name. And there just so happened to be a pool at the guest house. <laughs> so about 8 o'clock that evening, by the glow of the flashlights on the phone, I took her down in the lovely name of Jesus Christ in the pool at the guest house. We were not called to go to Zambia, or Zimbabwe, sorry, to Zimbabwe, but there was a hungry soul in Zimbabwe in Bulawayo that was needing to know about Jesus, so we took the opportunity and told her. That wasn't where we were called to go. That wasn't where God was placing us. But there was still a hungry heart there. So let me tell you, it doesn't matter where you're at, where you're transitioning through what God is doing in your life. Be sensitive. Amen. Be sensitive to those that are hungry. Be sensitive to those that want to know more about our Jesus Christ. Amen. And be willing to tell them. Be willing to share with them and share with them Jesus. Amen. I am finished, Brother Sabochi. Amen. God bless.